0: Welcome to another episode of the Freedom Challenge Online. It's November, and our focus this month has been big faith stories. I'll be talking to some incredible people, and even a little later this month, actually two couples, so a mixed audience on the podcast. And we'll be hearing about how these individuals saw a need and then joined God in offering what they had to meet those unique needs. We'll witness the real and the raw stories that include the challenges and the joy of walking out their faith journeys. You know, there's tremendous power when we share our stories of faith with each other. It spurs us on. It moves us forward. It gives us courage. This month, we hosted Annie Reid and she told her story about a nonprofit that she developed with her husband and some friends really organically at a small group, but they saw the need of providing temporary housing for urgent needs, and miraculously, I hope you'll go back and hear her story if you haven't, uh, they purchased an entire property for one dollar. I know that's intriguing, so go back and listen to her big faith story. For this episode, I'm joined by Susan Peters. She is an incredible woman for various reasons, and you're going to see why very soon. Susan is the founder and the executive director of Unbound Global, a multinational anti-human trafficking organization founded in Waco, Texas. Yes, you heard it. America's favorite place, Waco, Texas. She's also the chair and the heart of Texas Human Trafficking Coalition, which she founded alongside other community leaders. I met Susan a few months back as she hosted an event by Unbound, a mutual friend and freedom fighter, Dr. Christina Crenshaw. She's been on the podcast and she's actually been on a challenge and educated us on uh, identifying human trafficking in your community community invited me to come alongside and learn with her. Boy, did I learn. I learned a lot about Unbound, and I'm really, really honored and thrilled to have Susan be with us today. So Susan, thank you for joining. And would you introduce yourself, share a little bit about your life and your passions and kind of what you do on a daily? Outside of Unbound.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. And it was great to meet you and have you in Waco town. So I've lived in Waco for a long time now, Um, came to Baylor, and then we ended up staying. My husband and I have been married for almost 34 years coming up. We raised four adult daughters. And, um, we live a little bit out in the country and enjoy long walks out in the country. We have some little miniature ponies that I adore, Mm -hmm. um, and have a great, uh, community of friends here. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Yeah. And I know we're all on a treat, you know, it's a, it's a real treat to have you and hear the insight about your faith story and journey. So, um, let's dive in. Can you just begin by sharing about what Unbound Global is? Um, all those years ago, I can't remember, I, maybe it's 10 years ago? It'll and, be 10 years, yeah. We're coming yeah. up in
1: March, 10 years, yeah.
0: That's amazing. So, you know, what sparked the desire to pursue such a big undertaking? And um, just share, share the beginning of the story, the creation story. All right. Well, um, I was on staff at
1: um, my church, Antioch Community Church, and we have a network of churches around the world, about 45 international uh, missionaries all over 45 different locations. And so uh, part of my job was going to visit the different countries. And really everywhere I went, I went to Uganda and I met child soldiers. I went to Thailand, saw young girls in brothels, you know, you name it, whatever country we went to, um, we were seeing human trafficking. And so it was just praying and journaling, just saying, what can we do about this? And especially what is the church? What is the people of God doing about this? Mm-hmm. And finally, in 2012, um, just thought, you know what? Someone can do every job I'm doing. We need more leaders um, combating human trafficking. So I thought we would do international uh, work. Mm-hmm. But when we started researching what was happening in our own local communities and across the cities in America, I thought we've got to start here. And so now we have five offices here in Texas, and we have uh, four international offices, um, all working towards really um, doing prevention, trying to keep anyone from being trafficked. We do a ton of prevention, a ton of professional trainings. And then we have survivor advocacy where we serve victims and survivors of human trafficking.
0: Yeah, truly beautiful work that you're doing. And, you know, I'm thinking about even 10 years ago, you know, these conversations were beginning to happen. God was evidently doing something specific about just getting his people talking about this because Freedom Challenge was birthed in the same year. So we have something in common with um, moving toward our 10-year advocating for the people of the world really so i appreciate and and honor your journey and really um would love to just peer in a little bit more about what that actually took to make happen cuz sometimes we look at these bookends you know like this courageous start and this epic accomplishments but in the middle often lies, you know, the big learning and the challenges and the place that really establishes something to be moving toward 10 years. So would you talk about some of the raw realities of this journey? Um, What were some of the challenges you faced and some of the victories that you saw God show up and some of the, I mean, I'm sure we could be here a really long time, but I mean, give give us, give us some of those um, meaty, Places.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times people think it's from glory to glory, but it's uh, messy to messy a lot of times. <laughs> I um, have to
0: say, Susan, to your point about messy to messy, George Verwer, who founded OM, he wrote a book called Messiology. So oh, that's it's great. the truth. But, that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when we started, we, we would do research and find out who was being trafficked right here in our own community. Um, Ten years ago, you could look on the advertisements, copy that phone number, put it in Google, and all the advertisements for that young person would pop up all over the nation and prove trafficking. So we would print out those um, ads and put them together and take them to law enforcement. In the beginning, law enforcement would just say, we don't have that here you know what are you guys doing you know and just were really dismissed and so the beginning was hard trudging mm-hmm. you know there wasn't a lot of awareness about human trafficking people thought it only happened in foreign countries and they didn't realize it was happening to our young boys and young girls in our schools and our communities mm-hmm. so it took a lot of education i mean we went anywhere everywhere and trained on what it looks like. And of course, when you train, then you get the phone calls from the moms, from the mm-hmm. school teachers, from the hospitals, from, and then eventually from law enforcement. So when we would uh, start working in the juvenile detention center, and then they they would tell us, because we're not law enforcement probation officers, and they would tell us about their pimps, we would write up this and then send it to um, our law enforcement, which are now our partners, then they were like, whoa, we've got real cases here. So that's mm-hmm. really kind of how it started, where um, you know, we started getting real actionable um, work for the DA's office and law enforcement. And we, we had one um, of our 15-year-olds was uh, trafficked, and her trafficker got 12 consecutive life sentences. We've had some really hefty sentences here in McLennan County, and then able to reproduce that in Tarrant County and now North Texas, we've expanded to the Dallas area, Bryan College Station, Houston, and then off internationally, um, all doing prevention, professional trainings, and then having advocates that are answering 24-7 to serve victims. So the beginning was really hard where Mm -hmm. people didn't think it was happening. They didn't want us involved. They didn't see the value we brought to now. You know, our law enforcement partners are some of our best friends because they're like, look, we can go after the bad guys, the evidence, but we can't help these victims. That's where you guys come in. And so the partnership's really been amazing. So it was hard trudging at first, but Mm -hmm. um, so rewarding now.
0: Which is really what happens is just that building of trust and rapport over time and you being willing in your team to get just really granularly involved, like this child, this situation, uh, I'm sure just brought um, just the building of that trust. And even when I was at your event, Susan, what I recognized sitting there as a complete guest, just learning about the work that... Uh, your team has done is there is tremendous partnership,
1: right? I think you had
0: the mayor and you had your new uh, DA up. She was a female. Um, And so, or, and, or I don't remember who all the pieces were, but I, I really just, bore witness to the real trust that's been built. And with that, you guys have a new project going on even right now. Would you tell us a little bit more about that project? Sounds, sounds remarkable.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. some exciting things are happening. Um, a note on what you're saying about partnerships is no one agency can stop human trafficking in our communities. We need each other.
0: Mm-hmm. And there
1: are so many amazing agencies that are doing hard work. Um, so collaboratively, we're better. So working with our DA, working with the different law agencies, working with the advocacy centers, the other um, social services providers, we have Baylor Scott and White here that provides uh, free medical care for our survivors. I mean, it's it's really remarkable because um, these victims need a lot of services. So coming together is definitely best practices. So that's yes. that's we're so, so thankful for that. And then for us, um, just this last year, actually during COVID um, in North Texas, we there was just nowhere to take the kids when you when you find. A young person who's been trafficked in a hotel room or wherever, and you take them to the police station to interview them and say, hey, we're not after you, we're after your pimp. You know, they're like, yeah, I'm in the police station. I'm not going to talk to you, you know. So we knew we needed somewhere else. So we opened a drop-in center for trafficked youth um, in North Texas. It's in Fort Worth. And it's amazing. We have a therapy dog um, named Wilbur. We have a soft interview room, which actually was designed by a mother whose daughter was murdered. Um, and she designs soft interview rooms so that there's bright colors, there's comfortable couches, there's coloring books. The cameras are very discreet. The dog sits right there with his little treats and um, it's much more comfortable for a child to be able to tell her story. Um, and they, you know, it's not a residential place. It's a place to stay 24 hours, take a shower, rest, get food, play a game if they want to. Um, and we've already seen almost 200 kids in less than a year, if that tells you how prevalent this is. So the other thing that's a huge hole is residents. I mean, we, we had a call from a 17-year-old looking for placement um, from our law enforcement partner last two weeks ago. We called 12 places. I mean, there's just no places to take these um, young people. And so we were so blessed um, a couple of months ago that one of our uh, donors, who's a builder, he gave us a house that's literally four doors down from our office. And he is renovating it right now. And we are in the middle of raising the funds for the operations and the staffing, um, but plan on opening that this summer, which we're really excited about. It will be a foster home for trafficked youth ages 12 to 18. And we're thrilled about that.
0: Just miracle upon miracle. Yeah. And it's impacting your community. And I'm wondering, can I just even like pray right now? Because yeah. that needs to happen, right? Yes, we need it.
1: staffing. We need funding. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so everyone listening, would you just join Susan and I as we pray for yet another moving forward in this community? To, I mean, this, before I pray, but I was saying that, you know, the rescue part, that happens. But it's really their long restoration piece, really, mm-hmm. where that is um It's the long game. So this is this is big deal. So, God, we just agree right now. Everyone listening, everyone who's hearing this, everyone who will hear it. We pray for this home. That's four days or four houses down from this office. We see your hand, your miracle in that. And we are asking for the fulfillment of this dream with the right staff, the right designs in every room, the right details, um, the right plan. And the right people and funding God. So we just together agree that you would meet every need from personnel to uh, all the things we don't even know about. So I agree in prayer for Susan and for all of the leadership as they walk toward the fulfillment of this big dream in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank and for you. those of you who want to hear more about Unbound and what they're doing, the website is in the show notes. It's unboundnow.org. So it's amazing things happening. So now I just want to turn toward um just you personally and hearing, you know, your faith journey. This it, it's such a big undertaking. And I'm sure it just keeps feeling like, oh, and there's more. Oh, and there's more. <laughs> yes. Uh, just keeps keeps going. But for you personally, as a female leader, as the woman who is at the tip of the spear on all this, is certainly with an amazing team and backing, what has been most fulfilling for you and how has God drawn you closer to him through this journey? Mm.
1: I think what's the most fulfilling is, I mean, there's lots of fulfilling parts. I mean, one is the, the, the staff and volunteers that God brings and seeing them come fully alive using their incredible gifts to um, bless those that have been trafficked, you know, whether it's you know, our partner, like in business where, I mean, we're getting business partners now that are earmarking a percentage of their businesses to support us. And that just makes me weep that they're not just building their own empire. They're saying, Hey, God's given me this gift to build businesses and I want to have a percent go to these kids. And so, you know, or, you know, my directors and just how smart they are and seeing them as I actually a little surprise is I, I, um, I'd got my master's in leadership and I taught adjunct at Baylor, um, a leadership class and really love raising up women leaders. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing Unbound mostly, you know, and then I turn around, and I'm like, wow, I, I didn't even connect these two. There are tons of women leaders leading Unbound all over the world now. And that's been incredibly fulfilling when you see them come alive, you see, People training, and of course we have men on our teams too. But the the amount of women leading has been incredibly rewarding. And then, of course, the reason we do it is to mm-hmm. be there and and um, be at the place of the vulnerable and they're hurting, and to be in them with them in the place of pain and help them get their life back. You know, we just pr- we participate in stings in all our offices. And our Brian College Station just did a sting, which is a, when law enforcement either is out there trying to get buyers or they're trying to recover girls. They arrested nine buyers. They recovered five uh, young girls or women that all wanted to receive services from Unbound. But another interesting thing is one of our survivors we helped, uh, that we have a relationship with, that was rescued four years ago in Bryan College Station. And she sent a message to our director and said, I'm just weeping. I saw the faces Mm -hmm. in the news of the nine men arrested and three of them were some of my buyers from years ago. And one of them was incredibly brutal. And to see that they're finally getting caught is, you know, just is really impacted her. And then now she's able to connect with law enforcement, identify them and, you know, work that. And so just to see everything we do, whether it's Working with our partners and helping them be more fulfilled, and we're doing this because our law enforcement they care about this, but they have to focus on their job.
0: Yes. You know, a
1: physician has to do their job, but it's very fulfilling to know, hey, my skill sets actually really help a kid get a light their life back, mm. or this survivor. You know, we're already satisfied that we're stopping this from happening to others, but to hear that it's bringing more healing to a survivor from years ago because we're doing this work is incredible. And so it's all so interrelated, Mm. um, just such powerful, profound work.
0: Multifaceted and, and, you know, all the different dimensions that you just shared and thinking of that scripture, Susan, when you, when you give to the oppressed or to the poor, you're actually lending to the Lord. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm, when I'm, thinking about how this endeavor has drawn you closer to the Lord, it is quite something to ponder that God's saying, I'm in debt to you, you know, like mm. what it's, mm. it, it, that, that always hits me right in the heart. So you personally, just the woman, the, the, the female leader who has forged a course for many other women uh, what you have, we we talked mm-hmm. about that there in the coffee that we had some time, you know, uh, share about that journey mm. and, you know, how God has just kind of shown up for you in those places because you have become a very powerful voice to women who are now, especially in the church setting, right? right. In, the, right. in the Christian setting. Uh, talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm older now. I'll be 58 in January, and so um, I always had a gift of leadership on my life. Led different things, you know. If you look over my life, you can see that. And then, but I, I felt called of God to use my gifts um, to build up the church, to build up the kingdom. And you know, old school, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for women uh, at the leadership levels. And you know, I'm just I'm fortunate enough that the um, Antioch Community Church and our network of churches has really grown in that. And they're like, Mm -hmm. wow, we're seeing anointed women all over the world. We don't want to hold them back. So they were willing to grow and dive into the scriptures and release women. Mm -hmm. So I'm an elder here. I've been totally supported in the work we do at Unbound. I'm totally championed in my community, and that's never been an issue, but it can be issues some places, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've just always said, I just never wanted to trumpet that, that call. I mean, um, I'm like, just do it. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, I just tell women, just do it, be secure in Jesus and just do it. Um, But I want to walk in confidence and walk in humility. And I think when you look to serve and you, you don't let your heart get um, bitter or frustrated, I always tell women in leadership, you know, sometimes uh, I'd say, remember the limbo game, you know, how low can you go? How low can you go? I'm like, you know, I've been in situations where someone, you know, is trying to put me down or act in a certain way. And I just say to myself, I'm going to, Outserve them, you know. I'm confident mm. God's made me. I'm not looking to them to open a door for me. And I'm like, hey, would you like a glass of tea? Let me fix it for you. You know, I'm like, it just isn't going to bother me because I know my God and my God is making a way. And mm. nobody can shut the doors that the Lord, the Lord opens. And I know my promotion comes from not the north or the south, but it comes from Jesus. And he wants to expand us. When we're faithful and little, he'll give us much. And I want much, not for me, because I want to touch the most lives I can. And wow. so um, I think walking in humility, walking in confidence, and um, just doing it—you know, doing the work—and there's there's plenty to do. So I'm not going to worry about other people. <laughs>
0: Everyone listening who has a big dream in your heart and I mean, these are beautiful words of wisdom and really the path forward. And you've done that and others can see it. Uh, I love not fighting for the position at the table, right? God opens that door and he's right. certainly done that for you. Right. It's beautiful. Right. Um. So would you, everyone who's primarily women are listening, so there's a big, they see a need. They are moved in their heart. They're looking at what's in their hands. Uh, God, what do you want me to do? Would you bring encouragement to those that are listening on what what would be their next step?
1: You know, I would say don't despise the day of small beginnings. I think people sometimes they want to do the big. They want to, you know, mm-hmm. they, they want to go from zero to nine, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, it, nothing. Goes That quickly, you know, okay. so if, if you have a heart for something, become an expert in it, study it, learn, volunteer. I mean, we, we partnered with another agency, I learned everything I could from them, um, studied, invited people in. Um, so you really do your homework and preparing yourself in whatever it, that area is and serve somewhere else so that you can really understand the ins and outs. You know, we have people come to us and they'll say, we want to do a safe house. I can't tell you how many times people have said that <laughs> none of them opened one. And so it's hard, you know, yes. and so. Um, I'm just like, go work in one, you know, go volunteer, go, mm-hmm. go, you know, let God build your muscles to be able to hold the weight of the leadership. And that comes incrementally. And um, so I think really learning and then doing something small and letting God increase you from there so that you have a really solid foundation. Um, And then, you know, just If you you attract what's inside of you as far as your partners and your team, and so always be doing a work on yourself. You know, are you walking in service of others? Are you preferring others more important than yourselves? Are you collaborative and championing your team? Or is it about you because that will fall quickly because you can only grow so much if it's just about you, you know? So I think some of those things are important that remember why you're doing it. If you're doing it for him and for them, and God's gonna bless the work of your hands and, and it's so worth it. But it's hard. And the other thing is just building that building that resiliency comes bit by bit. You know, I've got I've got some really great leaders, and they could do it for the short short term, but they can't do it on the long haul. Mm. They need to lead in those small areas, a small department, even though they're gifted to do a bigger thing, the weight of leadership, the weight of raising the money, the weight of the politics of community leaders. You know, there's so many other things Mm -hmm. that you have to navigate and that comes with experience and time.
0: Epic wisdom, just in a world that just shows you, again, like we talked in the beginning, like this big fire, you know, paper fire of excitement and courage. I'm doing it to the end, this fully developed living, breathing thing. It's, it's in the middle that God is revealed to us. It's in the middle that our muscles are, um, worked. It's in the middle that we're learning the skill sets and growing and, and, you know, moving from the inside out. Ah, so, so good.
1: Yeah. And And not, not, not all will speak well of you. I mean, you want a good reputation and you, you do that by earning, doing good work. There's no substitute for that. If you don't do good work, you don't do follow through, you're not excellent and growing, then you won't have a good reputation. Mm-hmm. But even when you do, you're going to have, you know, challenges relationally if you're going to push anything forward. And so you need to be able to handle that as well.
0: Yeah. Yep. It sounds like what Jesus warned us about, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, he already told us. So why are we surprised? Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 So good. Such great nuggets of wisdom. And as we close, here's the last thing I would love to say. Your top resource, your top book, uh, maybe it's a no. podcast, but that is growing you right now as oh. I know I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. i uh, you know, just take a minute. You what know, you i I right
1: I kind of am one of those that always has three books open at, this, at once. You know, I think, I think I always like to have a good leadership book mm-hmm. open. Um, I'm, I'm the one I just finished the other day. Um, I can't think of the name of it. That's not going to do you any good. Um, but I think well, having a leadership book, yeah. um, always kind of reading a little bit on that all the time. And because it just, it inspires you. It grows you. Um uh, this one was from uh, the guy that wrote The Circle Maker. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, so um, I think Did leadership you love books it? are great. And I think, I think books on people that are doing similar work. Yes. So, I mean, anything in our work, you know, that Gary Haugen's doing from IJM or mm. Linda Smith from the Just Conference. I'll be going there. In, you know, next month. I mean, I think mm-hmm. always being a learner, yes. you know, when we can. Um, and so, I mean, I think those are some of the mm-hmm. the things. And I, I think, you know, keeping myself sharp in Jesus, you know, that What sometimes you just, you know, it gets really challenging. And sometimes I'll tell people, go back to what really fueled you, what fired you, you know, is there certain teachers that when you listen to, you're like, I can scale a wall, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, I think faith comes from hearing and hearing the words. So, you know, doing that. And I and also think having a core group of good friends. I mean, people who just have your back that you enjoy and that you can offload with and um, is, is just as important.
0: Gems of Wisdom I agree with you about having those friends, even outside of the immediate work that you're doing, that can help you let go of the heavy and just remind you that you are God's daughter and yeah. you have needs and desires and uh, that you know, that's just very helpful. I think I remember you mentioning that you have four grown daughters that are all very, um, strong and (laughs) one of the greatest, um, things we could ever feel in our lives. I think as mothers is that the children that we shot out of the nest became arrows in their destiny and the things that they were, um, called to do. And it sounds like you've got four of those.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, Just a note. The
0: book was When
1: the Day by um, Mark Batterson is one Mm. I just finished. I really liked. Yeah, it's really fun, you know, with the four girls and just watching them grow and they're all different. And two of them are super type A. One of them's in business. One of them's in residency for medical school. And then my uh, third one is is she's does business, but she's a real nurturing personality. She volunteers at the underground in North Texas. My last one, I thought, you know, she was just like, I really just want to support my husband. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, I want to be a woman who supports all women. We need the stay-at-home moms that work in the schools and volunteer. And, um, we need everybody, you know, it's how has God wired you, um, let's be faithful to that. And there's seasons, you know, yeah. and so I think championing all women um, equally is really, really important. Um, it's been kind of fun because my youngest daughter surprised us and she his, my, uh, her husband has really caught a hold of Unbound. He is, they they have an investment company and mm-hmm. he's talking about Unbound, trying to get anybody he can to invest in Unbound. So we're, we're excited about that. And she's become a, Um, She's doing her master's in interior design, and she's going to design the home uh, that we're building. And so I never push my kids to be involved, but they are becoming more and more involved all the time. And of course, that thrills my heart. So it's been fun.
0: And this all says so much about your husband, which truly must be a biblical feminist, right? Like there are these men that are true male biblical feminists, like Jesus, like Paul, who all just said, these women need to be on my team because they are moving the kingdom forward. So, yay, Mr... Um, I, call super... him,
1: I call him Mr. P for Mr. Peters. Mr. There P. you go. I yeah, love he's it. definitely a champion. We we try to champion each other and, you know, just all out. What do we do to, to serve and promote one another? But he's definitely one of my biggest cheerleaders. Super thankful. And he, you know, a lot of times men will come to him and say, wow, I've got a really strong wife. How do I support her and not compete with her. And, you know, the first thing he'll say is you need to be secure. You need to be secure Mm -hmm. in how God made you. And he would say, you know, I'm, I'm servant oriented and I don't like to lead, you know, like lead out in different things. And, um, and so my wife has a leadership gift and I want her to use it. And he's super secure in that. It's never a question. And we have a great marriage, which I'm super thankful about, but it's, it's, Just maturing into how we're wired and surrendering that to Jesus and preferring each other above ourselves, it really makes it work and it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. True humility is knowing who you are and who you're not. And it sounds like that is happening in spades in your family, which is inspirational. So I just thank you so much for just this little time we had together. I hope all of you listening will go and check out Unbound. And um, you are a freedom sister to us because you are bringing freedom to so many places in the world. So I respect you and I salute you. And I thank you very much for this conversation today. Thank you. Awesome. Well, for the rest of us, until next time, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children. There's so many opportunities, friends, to do justice, to more, to do more than you ever thought physically possible, joining one of our epic challenges, and many are coming, and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless.